All right. So hello, everyone, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast Twitch channel. My name is Michael, and we are here tonight for another episode or session of The Sample Adventures. This is another one where we're going to wiggle the rules a little bit because technically Action 12 Cinema, the game we're playing tonight, doesn't have a sample adventure because it's a GMless zero prep game. So I guess any game is sort of like the sample adventure. Joining me tonight, I have two awesome gentlemen here to help me play this game and show it off to you, uh, dear watchers and maybe listeners in the future. Starting with Mo. Mo, say hello to everyone and give us a little background on who you are and where people can find the cool stuff you do online. Hey, hey, I'm Mo. You can find me uh, in the rainy streets of Los Angeles these days, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I shouldn't be complaining because some people are really cold. Um, I'm a game designer and uh, a part-time streamer, and uh, apparently these days a podcast producer. I mean, why I not? Produ- Everyone else is doing it. Right? That's I it. produce a kids' adventure podcast called Bun Amigos. You can see some of my games and some of my podcasts at ashyfeet.com. Excellent. All right. And then also join us tonight is Kevin. Kevin, say hello to everyone and tell us a little bit about you and what the stuff you do online is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great to be back. I've been on uh, RPG Academy before, doing some detention, playing some games. It's always a blast. I'm happy to be here. Uh, my name is Kevin. As Michael said, I can be found online at the socials at Kev Rand Games. I am a game master, longtime RPG enthusiast. My wife calls me a uh, nerd. You know, that's how it goes. Yep. But... Uh... <laughs> Mo, I think, just had an aneurysm. No. <laughs> what? Um, but no, it's it's good. Uh, but yeah, no, I am the host and the Game Master for the Game Night Heroes podcast, which is an audio podcast. We're currently branching out into some streaming. We just actually recently had a game right here on RPG Academy of Lanata Turno, which is a new game that is in its last week on Kickstarter. It's a 5th edition setting in an Eternal Night world, so that's pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, I'm also on the Murder Hobo Inc. channel, and uh, I'm on a bunch of different other streams, including Guild Superior on Twitch, where I play in a couple different games there. So I love it. I'm glad to be here, and I'm super thrilled to play this. So. All right. Well, again, I'm thrilled that both of you are here tonight. Thrilled for anybody who's watching now or listening in the future. So Action 12 Cinema is a game that I designed. It's a GMless game, zero prep, and we're going to just basically use some... Um, random charts that I'll use the D12, make some player choices, and we're going to set up kind of the outline to the movie story that we are going to play through tonight. Uh, The first thing that we want to start with is our rating. By default, our games are generally PG-13. So this, you know, I think a lot of people understand what that means, but not always. So just to kind of clarify, this generally means that there will be limited drug use, brief non-sexual nudity, some adult language, but not sexualized adult language. Uh, violence will not be graphic or gory. Children may be put in danger, but no individual child will be harmed. And likely the dog will survive as well. I like PG-13 myself. So, Kevin, what are your thoughts? Uh, I usually default to PG-13 in the games that I run and play. So I'm, I'm comfortable with either as well, but just because we don't know who's going to be here, let's aim for PG-13. And That's then, right. you know, and, and maybe we'll push the envelope a little bit depending on how, how things go. So I think PG-13 is a good place to start. Uh, but even with that, we still want to go over things, a couple safety tools that we encourage you to use. One is called lines and veils. Uh, for anyone who's not in a, initiated, a line is something that just will not appear in the game. It's like a hard line we will not cross. So for me, I want to establish that there will be no non-consensual sex in the game. Okay, so it just doesn't happen, doesn't come up. No victims, like we're not going to have an NPC that was a victim of it. It's not going to be implied or explicitly detailed. Just not going to happen. 
Uh, a veil is something that can happen in the game, but we're not going to spend any camera time looking at it. So for me, a veil would be consensual sex. You know, it's very common in movies where maybe we need to get inside like a secure area. So maybe our characters are going to seduce like a guard or someone and steal their key card. Totally fine to do that, but we're just not going to follow the camera into the bedroom. It'll be a classic characters go in a room. Bam. Next day, we, my character walks out holding the key card type of a thing. So, Mo, do you have any additional lines or veils that you would like to add? No, but just to be clear, we might play Angel. We won't play I Piss on Your Grave. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what you're saying. That's what I heard you say. I, I think I understand that <laughs> reference. All right. Kevin, do you have any lines or veils that you would like to add? I think those are great lines and veils to, to, uh, to hold on to. Um, I think with what you said there. The only other lines of veils that I typically would have aren't going to come up. So I think we're fine. Uh, And we do also encourage the use of the X card, because if we didn't establish a line or a veil, but during the course of the game, we're like, you know what? Actually, I am getting a little uncomfortable with what's going on right now. You always have the option to just kind of pull up the X card since we're online. Just, you know, hold up X or just turn your camera off, whatever you need to do to protect yourself. Uh, But if something like that happens, whatever scene we're in is just over. No questions asked. We will just reset fade to black, come back up next day, and we'll move on to a different type of scene. Uh, you know, your safety and your comfort is always important in the game. Okay. So with that out of the way, we're going to get to roll some dice. So we can play any genre that we want in Action 12 Cinema. By default, much like it's PG-13, the default is what we call action action. And that's any of your very straightforward 80s action movies. If it has Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone, or maybe even Van Damme, though that kind of leans more into the martial arts action, that's generally going to be an action, action genre. But I like to roll some dice. So we're going to roll the D12 and the D12 will tell us what genre we're playing tonight. So Mo, I'm going to start with you. Will you give me a single D12 roll, please? Rolling a D12. One. All right. That is action adventure. Here we're looking at movies that often include a far away or exotic lands where the villains and the action become unpredictable. Some examples might be Big Trouble in Little China, one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, mm-hmm. Alan Quartermain in The Lost City of Gold, or maybe even Romance in the Stone. So are we cool with action adventure as our genre tonight? I love that. I like it a lot. Excellent. And then we need to pick, there's no role for this, but this is just what era do we want this movie to be set? So it can be a typical 80s action movie. We could go back and make it like a 70s. It could be contemporary. And we also have the option to set the era when the movie is made versus when the movie presents. So we could say that we're playing in the 1960s, but it's a period piece and it's actually being made today. Or the opposite, maybe it's set in the year 3000, but it was made in the 1960s. Uh, the idea here is it kind of gives us some, some guidelines for how we might play around with the meta, like what sort of special effects we might have, um, you know, those types of things. So um, any thoughts on era? So I'll start with you, Kevin. Do you have any thoughts you want to do this contemporary in the 80s or any other thoughts you might have? Uh, like 80s or 90s is kind of fun, just because that's what I grew up watching and am most familiar with. But uh, yeah, anything, I'm fine with whatever we think. You know, I like 80s. Mo, are you good with an 80s movie? I was in the 80s. All right. <laughs> so we're going to go for 80s. Uh, now, do we want to say that this is an 80s movie we're making today or an 80s movie that was actually made in the 80s? I like the idea I'm happy to go in another direction, but I like the idea that this film was made after The Matrix. Okay. <laughs> okay. It so just gives us some choices. 80s post-Matrix. Post 
So we can get some gun fu, we can get some wire work, but that's it's right. still in the 80s. Okay. We can get okay. some 3D, 360 action. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're 80s post-Matrix. Um, so that probably, again, that just kind of helps us more with like the meta aspects, what kind of special effects, maybe even some of the things that we're going to try to to steal. So our movie might feature like bullet time heavily, but maybe not as well done, that kind of thing. So now we got to figure out who the bad guy is, the big, bad, evil person that uh, is behind the maniacal plot that we are going to face off against. So, Kevin, if you, yeah, you need to roll me two D12s, please. Oh, two. Okay. Yeah. Yes. There's a whole bunch of options. So, we got multiple charts. The first roll will tell me which chart to look at, the second roll tells me what part of that chart we will go with. Okay, so one is a seven, the other is a five. Interesting. This is actually the same one we had when we did Tabletop Journeys. So our big, bad, evil person is something of the fae. So we are dealing with like a, a fae court, a fairy, a goblin, an elf. Now, we've already established this is an 80s action movie. Do we want to try to like spin that like maybe it's a techno punk? who goes by that name, or do we want to make it an actual fake creature, or do we want to pick something else that maybe fits our themes already? All the charts should always be inspirational only. We always have the option to re-roll or to ignore them if it just doesn't make sense. I often find fun in trying to make things make sense that don't immediately make sense. Sure. But at the same time, I want everybody to have a good time. So you're the one that rolled, so ultimately you get to decide here, what do you feel about the Fae as our big, bad, evil person? Well, I'm thinking since we're doing an action-adventure movie, uh, there's kind of two ways to take it. We could do this as a fantasy movie, you know, a Conan-style film, or we're doing, yeah, some sort of 80s, we're fighting hackers or something. I think this. Big Trouble Little China might be considered dealing with the Fae. I mean, it's certainly, you got the supernatural element. I Yeah, I, de- I don't think it's out of bounds to go with Faye. So I'm fine with that if, if you're you want to roll with it, because we, we could still massage it a little bit as we go. Okay, yeah, so... I'm letting the D12 decide we are going to do fantasy films, so we're dealing with an actual elf fake creature. Excellent. So now we're going to roll some dice, and it will determine basically what the plot of our movie is, like what the bad guy is after or what is sort of happening around that's like the impetus for us getting involved. I'm going to roll this time. It also involves two D12s, and I have an 8 and an 8. So our plot is there's a traitor on the inside. So this Fay person apparently has gotten someone, whatever organization we decide we're part of or we are ancillary to, there's someone working on the inside against the best interests of the world or of, of the U.S. of A. So oh. traitor on the inside will be our plot. All right, so the next thing we're going to do is our movie story plays out over three acts. It, it loosely follows the three-act structure. In Act 1, we're going to have a single obstacle that we have to overcome, and that's how the dice mechanics work. In Act 2, we're going to have two obstacles, and in Act 3, we have three, but those are not all three fully weighted mechanically, so it's not as many as it seems like it would be. Uh, But we're going to go ahead and roll for six obstacles now, and then as a group, we will decide what order we think they make the most sense in. So what makes the most sense is our inciting incident, what we think makes the most sense for our rising uh, tension, and then what three will be in our climax. Uh, so this is going to involve a couple different double D12 rolls. So we're back to you, Mo. So give me two D12s, please. I got a 10 and a 2. 10 and a 2 is environmental danger. I like it. And that's just anything in the environment. It could be avalanches. It could be weather. It could be a volcano. We'll we'll yep. decide what it means when we need to, but that's that's what we have. So Kevin, give me a double D12 roll. This is a 9 and a 7. 
That is fight. Very classic. That means we're going to be fighting something or someone. I have a 12 and a 9, and that is the bridge is out. And that can basically be sort of extrapolated. It just means that the normal course of travel is not available. So it could literally be a bridge is out, or it could be normally we would walk here, but we can't. Normally we'd fly there, but we can't. And we got to figure out why, and we got to figure out some way around it. All right, so that's three. We got to do three more times. So we're back to you, Mo. A three and a ten. Pirates. <laughs> so that can be classic RE uh-huh. and pirates. It could be uh-huh. um, anything that just makes sense, like a pirate, someone trying to steal something. Uh, in one of the games we played, we were in like a high school, and the pirates was the mascots of the rival football team. Nice, so nice. again, we can decide what that means later, or if if we don't think that's fitting, we can reroll. So how how are you feeling about pirates here, Mo? Oh, I'm loving it. I, I, I see this scenario in my head. Yeah, right. I, I, I hope you guys don't mess it up. No, well, I will try my best, sir. All right. So, Kevin, I need another roll from you then, please. Okay. That is two fives. Two fives. So five and a five is someone or something must be found. So they might have information. They might have the key. They might be the MacGuffin themselves. Uh, it could be that the Fae is after them and we have to find them first, but there is some object or some person that we have to find. And then finally, I have a one and a three, and that is also fight. Fight actually comes up a lot because it's an action movie. It's on every chart twice. So we're going to have lots of fights. So that should be our six. So now we kind of got to look at these and figure out which way we think it makes the most sense. So which one do we think would be a good inciting incident? It's going to be something that can bring our characters together, present a problem that can be fairly quickly overcome, but also sort of propel us into the next act. So Mo, it looked like you had your hand raised there. Do you have an idea? I really like the idea that these Fey attack. Okay. We have a sudden environmental danger. I like it. I'm fine with that. Kevin, are you good? Beautiful. Love it. Love it. All right, so environmental danger will be our first obst- act obstacle. I don't think it makes sense to have two fights in Act 2 or two fights in Act 3, so I think we should just may- automatically put one fight in Act 2 and one fight in Act 3. So that leaves pirates, something, or someone must be found, and the bridge is out. Which is the other one we want for Act 2? Um, I'm thinking maybe the someone must be found. Maybe yeah. we find out that that's uh, going to turn the environmental danger around. Perhaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So that leaves pirates, fight, and the bridge is out for Act 3. Now, the way Act 3 works, um, so mechanically, when these complications enter the story, they have what I call complication points. That terminology may change, but basically it has a point value of 12. Whenever we roll on our turn, we are looking for positive successes in our dice pool, and every positive success brings that 12 down by 1. So if I roll 5 successes, we take it from 12 to 7. Once it gets to zero or less, we've solved it. We can move on to the next part of the story or the next obstacle if there's more than one in the act. But in Act 3, two of those obstacles act as like barriers. Think of like a video game. You've got to take out these magical defenses before you can actually fight the main creature. So I kind of think it makes sense for Act 3 that fight is our final obstacle. That's where we actually throw hands against this fake creature. But we have to get through pirates and the bridge is out to get there. Does that make sense? Right. Mm-hmm. And we, 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 we would go across the bridge and just leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it. the bridge is out. But the bridge is out, so we can't. So when we get to the third act, the bridge is out, and pirates will both have a value of six, which is half 
a normal value. And we have to get through both of them before we can get to the fight. So whatever that looks like narratively, it'll make more sense once we get there. All right. So is everybody with me so far? Yep. Perfect. All right. Kevin, you feeling good? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So um, I do have, again, in the book, I have a list of like, what each of these might mean, because they can all be kind of broadly interpreted. So I have examples of uh, all the different things that you might use to help make it easy. So the next thing we want to do is create a couple locations. So now at any time during the game, we can create new locations just instantly without question. If you're, if you're narrating the scene as an active player and you're like, oh, we got to go here, that place just exists. But we like to start with two locations that are already defined. One is our starting location where the game will start and then the final location where it will end. So the first location could be like in a mall. So we're all enjoying the mall separately. Something happens and that's what brings us together. We could be a covert team of operatives working for the government and we're on a mission. It's almost more like a cold open. We can, we can figure that out. But we need a starting location. And then where we're going to end, since we're dealing with fey and fantasy, we could be inside a computer like Tron. We could be in another world, like we've actually gone through a portal and we're in a Conan or, again, like the labyrinth type of world. Uh, So do either of you have a a good suggestion or just a strong opinion about one or the other of those? Mo? I have a strong opinion. Okay. (laughs) So are you thinking first location or last location? What do you you think? I'm thinking first location. All right. What do you got? Um, can, can I can I can I spend a little story? Of course, or, that's this whole game's about that. Okay, okay. I like the idea that we are in Manhattan and uh, we have to. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking uh, we there, there. This has some escape from New York's or Warriors vibes. Okay, both great because, movies. Because, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great in terms of a touch point for this game. Maybe not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great B movies, I think. Great B saying. movies. Yeah. And uh, I think the environmental danger overwhelms the island, and we have to get off the island. So it could be like a tsunami. It's about to wipe out the whole. That's, what I was, that's immediately what I thought. There's a tsunami coming. I, 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 was, I was thinking some kind of a. Uh, Overgrowth bloom. Okay, because Ooh, we're dealing with the cool. Fey here. So, like um, uh, Central City or what? Central Park. I'm mm-hmm. thinking like Poison Ivy superhero, like plants going wild type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. maybe maybe some man eating ones. Okay, yeah. maybe some woman eating ones. All right. So we could just say location New York City, or we could I, make I, it very specific, like we're in a specific location building. You know, we could just say Central Park, or we can say New York City, or we can say now, high rise. I need, to, I need to also be clear. Um, I've only been in New York a couple times. Oh, I know. Other than playing Spider Man, I know nothing about New York. <laughs> right. So, so I am specifically talking about convenient movie New York City, and I don't want to necessarily get into the details of like, but are you in Greenwich? Uh-huh. Are you in Harlem? You know, like we it doesn't have to get that detail. All right, so we are just going to be New York City. <laughs> Perfect. Manhattan. 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 Even better. Okay. All right. So then, Kevin, any thoughts on where our movie's going to end, where our big climatic battle is going to take place? And it could be in Manhattan after this happens, and it's now, you know, partly, or maybe it's even pulled into the Fey realm, and we're in the Fey world, but we're in Manhattan, or it could be literally anything that you can think of. So do you have any thoughts for where we're going to end our movie? 
I think that our movie is going to end at Yggdrasil, the life tree. Mm. I have no idea how to spell that, so I'll put it, something terrible in there. Sure. I love it. Yeah. And, and, and we would have left, but... The bridge was out. The bridge, the bridge is, is out. out. And it could be the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> like, we may literally have a Thor 1 situation. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now we're talking. So, again, we can create locations as we need to, but it just it helps the flow of the story if we all know where we're starting and we know where we're building to. So we know at some point we've got to find a way to get there. So either Yidrasil comes into our world, there's a portal opens to it, or we move through the realms and we're there. It'll make more sense once we get started. But I have found that knowing where we start, where we end, definitely helps the flow of the game. So the next thing, okay, so we got to come up with some NPCs. So basically everybody who plays the game will create one. So since there's three of us tonight, we will create three NPCs. And these are people that they may not even come up in the story. It's totally fine if we create an NPC that just never happens to in, in deal with the story. It happens sometimes. But it's basically someone that may be uh, a lover, a rival, a spouse, a child, a coworker, someone that we go to for support. Like maybe we, ha- we know that conspiracy theory podcaster that when this starts happening, they're the one that knows the truth and we go to them for support. It could be our young child who them being in danger is what causes us to take on this mm-hmm. dangerous situation. But everybody, each of us will create one. Uh, this should be an open thing. We get to talk to each other. But at the same time, we can build, like if we both want to have spouses as NPCs, that's fine. If we both want children, we can. But sort of an open discussion. Um, so I'll go to you first, Kevin. Do you have any thoughts on an NPC that you think would be um, someone that could be in the story either emotionally or physically? What are you thinking? So do we want to root this in the uh, quote-unquote actual world we start in, or do we want to just, this is just a character that can be any point in the story? Can be any point in the story. So we don't necessarily have, like we know the Fae is going to be our bad guy, but if you want to create the specific Fae person that we are actually going to be fighting, that that's a valid, valid too. We can create them and give them a persona, or we can just leave that open until we get closer. Totally fine. Yeah, well, my initial thought for an NPC was a character that basically is a talking dog. Okay. That is basically our Merlin-type character. He okay. He knows information. He knows what's going on. He's going to be like our guide through the journey somehow. I love that. I love that. There's also Men in Black vibes, the pug that's an <laughs> alien thing. There we go. So basically, this, there's a spot on here for extras, so you can just write either a name or just write pug. What's a, what's a talking dog's name? Oh, the talking dog's name? Let's call him... Because uh, he, he doesn't want us to call him dog. And he right. may or may not want us to call him what his master called him. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let's see. I think he needs... Well, I think he's probably got a name here in the world, but then his actual name is something else. So I think maybe his actual name is going to be... Oh, geez. What's the name of that uh, the, the, with, the, with, the, with the mouse? Uh, Algernon or something? Algernon. So Algernon. for Algernon. There we go. We can call him Al. He'll be our bodyguard. It'd be great. <laughs> Only if you play a character named Betty. <laughs> I will call you Al. So then, Mo, do you have any thoughts on an NPC that we can bring into the story? Noah Bennett. Noah and Bennett. Um, he is someone who has uh, decided that the Fae have a tantalizing offer, and he's just going to be on their side. All right. So this is Cypher from Matrix. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. 
All right, so we need one more. So we've got our uh, dog wizard guide. We have our turncoat. So that makes sense. That's that's our trader on the inside. And uh, I often go with like the child that's in danger or the child that's the emotional pull. I want to do something a little bit because this is like that fantasy thing. All right, I'm going to say the polymorphed dragon who's playing both sides. And just like locations, we can create new NPCs. Does that that, uh, person have a name? Well, they might be in multiple scenes as multiple people. I like it. So whenever we we need somebody. Uh, So we can create new NPCs on the fly whenever we want. Since this is a GMless game, if an NPC comes into a scene, one of us who's not the active player will just jump in and start playing them. Once you've done that once, just kind of assume that you will always be that character. Unless then you have multiple people in a scene and you're playing multiple characters and you can hand off. Uh, if we do that, we can always say that we recast the actor and that's why Mo was playing them one time and then Kevin played them the next scene. It's because we had to recast them because they got, you know, they, they have problems on set, whatever. Uh, that's part of the joke too. And again, if we create an NPC, it's just like, oh, thank God you're here, Officer Charlie. One of you is now Officer Charlie. So that's just the way it works. We're always kind of jumping in. So I think the only thing that leaves for us now is we get to create our characters. During the playtest, there had come up some times where people thought it would make more sense to create our heroes first and then create the NPCs. I like it this order. I like coming up with the NPCs first, but once people have the game, do whatever the heck you want, your game at that point. But one of the other things that's most conceits of action movies, you usually either have a single hero, you can have your buddy cops, or you have like a military or other organization. We don't have to follow any of that. But we do have to come up with some reason why the three of our characters would be together once the adventure starts and we decide to stay together. Big Trouble in Little China is a great touch point because that makes absolutely no sense other than Jack Burton thinks he's the hero of the movie when he's not, and so he decides to stick around. So it can be as serious or as silly as we want it to be. Uh, So does anyone have a thought on who they want their character to be. So again, we could be a secret government agency that is aware of the Fae, and that's why we're involved. Or we could just be New York citizens who just, wrong place, wrong time, we get swept up in the adventure, but we're the only ones that can solve it, So because it's an action movie that makes no sense. So, Kevin, any thoughts on this? Oh, there's so many different thoughts. Uh, I saw Al's hand, or Mo's hand shoot right up. My initial thought would be, with what we've got here with these other characters, is... We are characters who maybe are, we work at the same place, but we're not really friends. We're just kind of people who tolerate each other. Mm. And we kind of come together because of this adventure that we're about to go on. It's that like unlikely group dynamic, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of, by the end of the story, we're a tight knit group. Okay. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. Um, so that basically we can each create our own character sort of separately, but with the caveat that once the movie starts, we know that we are going to be a, a team working together. So we have to find some way that we are going to work with each other, even if we don't particularly like each other. So are we thinking like we all work at the same pizza place or do we like one's a businessman, one's a cab driver, one's like a fireman? Or, I mean, any thoughts? So I got to, do you have an idea of who your character will be, Mo? I have a name. Okay. That's um, a start. Yep. Yafit Jones. And uh, my first thought was that he's a delivery driver with a gun. <laughs> okay. Because, because he's from Jersey. And, uh, <laughs> um, and I am happy 
to not be a delivery driver. I really like the idea that we all kind of work at a place that that gives me lots of uh, warm feelings. I like the idea that we are nobodies, kind of we are the the least likely. So like maybe we're security guards at a building. Okay. Maybe we work at a pizza place. Maybe um but I I did like that that notion, Michael, that we are um you know, maybe are you playing a character, Michael? Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm playing tonight as well. So yeah. So, but I mean, if you guys uh, want to do a buddy cop thing, I will happily just help facilitate. No, 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 no. I love the idea that we are three people in a taxi. One, one's the driver, and like a very unlikely trio. <laughs> That's cool. I could do that. Maybe. Uh, so one of us is like a pizza delivery, but we're taking taxis because, like, backstory car got like a boot on it or something. Nice. And then, so we got the driver and then we just got the one person who's like, I'll share the cab with you because I'm in a hurry. So we have three awesome. people that don't mm-hmm. know each other at all, but we're thrown together. Is that cool with everybody? I love that. I, I, I'm, I'm liking where this is going. All right. So does anybody want to call dibs on the, it doesn't be pizza, but like the delivery person, the driver or the, just the other person. And it doesn't, yeah, I agree. It doesn't have to be pizza because it could be architectural plans. It yep. could be, it could be. You know, yeah, you're just a courier of some Cur- sort. Yeah. You, you could really you could be delivering a bo- a a box you shouldn't open to a scientific lab that you have access to because it's your job. Ooh, Actually, who knows I, what could be in it? That could be a, a cool <laughs> like yeah. You're you're tr- you're transporting something. It's all uh-huh. secretive and you don't even uh-huh. know what it is. But it, uh-huh. so it's like a, almost like a MacGuffin that we're carrying with us the whole time. All right, so that. Kevin, do you have a do you want to be the 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 cab driver, the delivery person, or the other person? Well, it sounds to me, because uh, you were talking about the delivery, maybe it sounds like maybe you are kind of uh, leaning towards the delivery driver. So I like, I, I like, I like the random person in the in the car who shows up. Gotcha. Did you have something, Mo? Uh, I, like, I like the idea of being the driver. Okay. Okay. My car, my rules, you know, <laughs> yep. like, you know, uh, 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 boundaries will get pushed. Awesome. Absolutely. So you're the driver. I'm sorry. And you're going to be the other person. That makes me the yeah, delivery like person. The other person. All right. So I will be the courier. Okay. So if you look on the Google spreadsheet thing that I sent you, you got it. Basically, it got a version of what the character sheet looks like. I'm going to go over everything kind of quickly, and then we'll circle back and actually fill things out one at a time. So you got a place for your name. Classic. You have to have a name. I have a bunch of famous uh, action movie names in the book of multiple uh, genders. There's also some that are you know non-specific, but you can make any name that you want. But a cool action movie name usually tells you something about your character. You have a description of your character, and this could be things like I'm five eight, you know, uh, ex-military, crew cut, steel blue eyes, great with a gun, or it could be a man out of time. Or a woman who's just had enough. It's whatever you need to see that person in your head. It doesn't have to be physical. It literally just says description. So if you are a swarm of telepathic squirrels in a trench coat, that's what you could put in your description if you want it to be. Uh, You have your attributes. There's four attributes in the game. You have brains, brawn, charm, and moxie. And you have four stats. Zero, plus one, plus one, and plus two. And so you will assign one of those four numbers to each of those four attributes. Most of them are pretty self-explanatory. Brains is how smart you are, but also how good you are at figuring things out, like how magic might work once we get to the other side or how to fly an alien spaceship. 
brawn is your physical toughness, just also strength, but could also be like fighting or like taking abuse. Charm is your social graces, how good you are at picking up deceptions, maybe manipulating other people, just emotional and social IQ. And moxie is basically sort of like luck or grit, but it's also anything that is not brains, brawn, or charm. So if we're, we decide once we go to the other side, we're in the fey realm, maybe we start to develop magical powers, probably would be moxie would take over that score. It could also be brains if you want to think of it like a D&D wizard. But if we're superheroes, if one of us becomes psychic and start fires with our mind, that's probably going to be moxie. But there's no GM in the game, so it really doesn't, whatever you want it to be, you, you, get to, you don't have to convince anybody but yourself. So you just need to assign your stats 0, plus 1, plus 1, plus 2. Below that, we have a place for five skills. Two of these are rated at plus two. Three of them are rated at plus one. You can make up all of them now. You can make up none of them now. That is a trope that happens in action movies where it just happens like, oh, you didn't know I spent a summer scuba diving. So whenever we need someone that can scuba dive, you just make up the fact that you know that skill, you add it to your sheet, you move on. I generally suggest it's a good idea to create your two plus twos now and then use your plus ones for those like miraculous in the moment situations, but it literally can, you do whatever you want. Uh, these can also be very broad. Like I will tell you like action combat is a perfect skill for this game. So anytime you're doing anything action combat you get to add plus two if that's what you wanted to rate it. Or you could go with something like underwater basket weaving. And then it's your job when you're the active player to help create a scene where your skill at underwater basket weaving is exactly the skill we need in that moment. So you get to apply it. So generally, I say do a little bit of both. Pick a couple that are really broad that you can apply easily and maybe pick one or two that's really narrow and specific just because it might be fun to try to figure out how to apply them. We have a place for heroic trait. This is what basically means we're the heroes of the movie. There's something about us that allows us to be heroic more than all the other NPCs in the movie. It could be you're the smartest person in the room. It could be that you have a no-quit attitude. It could be that you love so much. Your heart is so full of wonder. Maybe it's eldritch knowledge. Maybe it's a secret bloodline that you, that you can trace back to ancestors that lived in the Fey world. Whatever you want it to be, it can be a word or a phrase. If you played Fate, you can kind of think of it like a high concept in a way, but it's the thing that sets you apart in this movie and makes you a hero. You can activate your heroic trait up to three times during the game to re-roll. So when it's your turn, you're rolling some dice, you get a result you do not like, you can be like, okay, but because I love too much, and then you re-roll. Now, this isn't a rewind time situation. It's as if that first roll didn't happen, and then the new roll is what you would take as your results. You cannot re-roll ones because ones are bad unless you use two of your three uses at one time. So think of it that way, like you can re-roll up to three times, or if you want to re-roll ones, you have to use two of your three at one time, meaning you only have two for the entire game. All right, then you have your Achilles heel. This is what gets you into trouble. It can even be the same thing as your heroic trait. Maybe the fact that you love too much is also what gets you in trouble, or you're the smartest person in the room is also what gets you in trouble, or it can be completely different, but it's something that might cause you trouble throughout the, the movie. Think of like uh, Marty McFly in Back to the Future cannot stand to be called chicken, and he will absolutely do something really dumb if he thinks he'll be thought of as a coward by not doing it. Doesn't mean he's going to fail, but it is an opportunity for things to go bad, and what happens there 
is you actually get to add two additional D12s to your dice pool. It's the only time you'll roll more than five. You can roll up to seven, but ones count as double negative. So it's like negative two instead of negative one. So it's a very high risk, high reward. There's a good chance you're going to get a really good number. But if you roll some ones, really, really bad stuff happens. Uh, there's a place for action hero one-liners. This is just during the game. If you you know pull an Arnold Schwarzenegger, like stick around or I'll be back or whatever you want to do. If it just makes us all laugh and we're like, oh, that's great. You can just write it down. At the end of the game, we'll kind of like circle back and relive those. Uh, they can also offer a healing. So we're action movie heroes. We're not going to die unless we just choose to. But during the game, we might have things that are stressed. Uh, or broken. I'll explain more of that later. But basically, a good one-liner can heal everybody from that stress if we need it throughout the game. We have a place for some relationships. So these can be leveraged. Basically, you get a plus one whenever you use a relationship. And the way you use them is either physically we're in the scene with you. So if we have a relationship together and you're like, hey, you take this guy high, I'll go low. Since I'm in the scene with you, you get to add a plus one to your die. Or it can be that emotional, like, I can't let my daughter down. Damn it, I'm going to make it to her recital this time. You can add a plus one because that emotional is, you know, the, that emotional charge is giving you the chance to do something heroic. Uh, so we can, we're going to start with at least one relationship, and we can build and change and add some as the game goes on. And then finally, we have a place for a personal crisis. This is very classic in action movies where usually you – as the action movie hero, are dealing with something in your personal life that kind of mirrors what's happening in the story. Maybe you're too afraid to ask for that promotion or you're losing your spouse. They don't love you anymore. Your kids don't respect you. So you can write a personal crisis if you want. It's totally optional. But the way that would work is anytime you build a dice pool, you can voluntarily remove one die out of it. If you then roll as normal, if you have any successes, then you get to Count that as one tick towards your personal crisis. If you do that three times throughout the game, at the end of the movie, you can just narrate how you have overcome your personal crisis. So basically, you're, you're taking from the entire team because you're pulling the die out of your pool, which could lessen your chance of being successful. That's why it's like a personal crisis. Hopefully that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to circle back to our stats. Brains, Brawn, Charm, and Moxie. Kevin, do you have any thoughts of where you want to distribute those? And it's fine if we all do the same thing, but I just like to talk about it like openly, like what we're thinking. Okay, well, I'm thinking about what type of character I'm going to play, what type of character is going to end up in this taxi cab with you guys. And probably is it going to be a character that I feel like there needs to be a character who is the really reluctant, really doesn't want to be here. I'm thinking about since this movie comes out after The Matrix, which of course was the groundbreaking film of 1999, mm-hmm. this would be a film that comes out in the early 2000s. So therefore, I'm thinking about what's popular at that time, what was a common character trope. So I think what I'm playing is I'm playing a heiress ditzy character who just a Paris Hilton type that Mm. just doesn't have any time for all of this so I think she's probably going to have her highest be in her moxie I think Mm -hmm. she is just somebody who just really knows what she wants and when she wants it and uh, that's what she's used to I like it all right so Mo what do you think Yaffa Jones is uh you know he's driving this car so that um he can pay for a surgery for his little girl. Oh, okay. So got some emotional weight going on here. That's right. So, you know, he's going home tonight. You know, he knows what he's doing is dangerous. You know, he's, he's doing what he's got to do for now. And uh, then he can get back to taking those college classes. So 
I think he's going to go Brains 1, Brawn 2, and Moxie 1. But he might... If 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 Michael played a character who was quite brainsy, mm-hmm. he might become charming. So I was leaning towards brain as my highest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm again. I'm this courier. I feel like my thought is that I'm actually I'm more like Jason Statham. Like you don't just go online and hire me. I'm a very specific courier. You have to know people who knows people. I never ask questions about what's in the package. I always deliver on time guaranteed so definitely i know my way around the city i know like under uh, like like underground things and people so i definitely think i have a high brain but low moxie i i i follow the letter that's how i'm successful but i'm not very lucky i don't take a lot of risks and so i'm definitely leaning towards brain as that is like my courier position so that would make me brains two brawn and charm one moxie zero all right. So for skills, does anybody have any thoughts for what skills they want to pick? I think for the cabbie, maybe just like knowing the city or Navig- like defensive driving might be something you could do. He navigates in New York like magic. Okay. I like it. Like so magic. anything that has to do with getting around the city or maybe even trying to figure out how to get around a different version of mm-hmm. the city, mm-hmm. that would apply. Uh, Kevin, any thoughts on your skills? Hmm. Very interesting. I think maybe, oh, geez, I gotta put myself into a corner here with this heiress role. Um, <laughs> let's, um, let's say that maybe one of her high skills would be that she is, uh, really, uh, diplomatic. She's persuasive. She knows how to kind of talk people into doing what she wants and man- manipulating people, I guess you could say. Okay. So silver tongue, maybe we'll call it. All right. So for mine, I put aggressive negotiations. <laughs> so I can apply that both to physical altercations and also like contract negotiation. And I figure right. if we got some fay, we're probably going to have to deal with some like lawyer, lawyerly contracts of sorts. Uh, so that might apply there. I don't know what I want my other two one to be, though. Well, if you're Jason Statham, you got to have martial arts, right? you got to have... Well, see, I can use aggressive negotiations as that. Again, that this is your oh, okay. classic broadly applicable. I can use that for basically anything I want to do. Because, uh, nice. again, there's no way to cheat in this game. So uh, I'm thinking something because my brains is my highest. So something to do with, like, just book smarts or, you know, I have a library card. So like, I can say, I know that because I read that in a book or I have, like, an audible subscription. So, yeah. So I'm just going to put bookworm. And, again, you can fill these out. Later, if, as as we go, if you want, I, I think having two to start is good, but you can literally do whatever you want. All right. I think my second one is going to be friends in low places. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. So what about heroic traits? Any ideas for what makes us heroic? So I'm just going to put always delivers is my heroic <laughs> trait. <laughs> and then my Achilles heel is... Ask, he doesn't ask any questions. So basically, I'm playing Jason Statham. As, yeah, <laughs> the transport. I'm, I'm playing the transporter. Yeah, basically. Yep, I don't yep, ask yep. what the, the job is. I just take it, and I always deliver on time. And that might get me in trouble. So my Achilles heel is that I will not risk at all. Ooh, okay. And how, how does will do, the, uh, will do the right thing? How does that sound for a heroic trait? Okay, yeah. I'm thinking my heroic trait is that I want to maintain the legacy. I want to uh, 
make sure that the 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 uh, the positive vibes and the uh, the persona that I have and that the group I'm with has is maintained. Okay, I can see how that would work. So now we need to do relationships. The way we're doing hours where we don't actually start knowing each other, I would say it makes sense for us to not have a relationship with each other yet. But that's one of the things you can change and alter a relationship. So like in between each act, we take a short break to like, do we need to change anything? Do we need to update anything? So it makes sense for us to maybe create those relationships between us then. So I would say our probably our starting relationship should be with an NPC. And I think most of the NPCs we made are more like once the movie gets started. So maybe just do like a loved one. So we're basically going to be creating NPCs right now, but they don't have to be well-defined. So it could be a spouse, a rival, a child. But again, it doesn't have to be. And we could also just not do them now and then create them when we need to as well. So any thoughts on relationships? I think my character has a twin sister that is a, the black sheep of the family who did walk away from the legacy, but she's still close with me. So I'm going to go with ex-partner turned rival. And so uh, one of the ways that could work for me, again, is if I'm about to do something and I'm like, man, if I fail here, I'm never going to hear the end of it. So that can be how I use that plus one is like just the fact that I don't want to be seen as lesser in that person's eyes, even if they're not there. If I'm worried that the story might come out or... Again, same time, like if I can be successful here, I can rub it in their nose for the rest of my life. So I, I could also leverage it there as well. So that's how I'm going to start mine. That's so right. I, I said uh, I, I said I was going to have a daughter, so I just yeah. put my daughter in okay. there. Okay, perfect. All right. And then does anybody have a personal crisis they want to share? Again, this is totally optional. You don't have to have one. And if you do have one, we don't even have to interact with it. It's just totally up to you. Um, he uh, Yafit needs money okay. to pay for this. Pay for this life-saving surgery for his daughter. I like it. Kevin, any thoughts on a personal crisis? I think my personal crisis is that I, for whatever reason, have been cut off. Oh, okay. Because I didn't actually use it for the way it was supposed to. So I have to try to learn to be better. So my personal crisis is I am not worthy of the responsibility that the family has. All right. And I'm going to go with uh, he's afraid to take risks, which obviously this movie is going to give me plenty of opportunity to take some risks. Uh, but nice. uh, maybe his risks were more of like of the heart, which might be part Ooh. of the reason why him and Seraphine never made it out. Uh, weren't able to keep things together. So, and again, we can change these on the fly. We can completely rewrite them. We can say that we recast and create a new character. These characters can die if we want them to. And we pick up another character that was an NPC before. Very free-flowing, very improv-heavy, whatever we want to do. The last thing we need to do before we're ready to actually get into the game is create our list of tropes. Because, you know, no good slash bad slash bad but good action movie would be complete without a bunch of action movie tropes. Now, we want to use them as often as we can. So anytime you're describing things, you can bring in tropes. But we're going to create a list that we can specifically use to get a bonus on our dice roll. Usually you're going to be rolling between three and five. Like if you're rolling less than three, you're probably not doing something right. The math is weighted. We want to roll a lot of dice. Uh, so you should almost always be doing the things that you're good at. But sometimes narratively, it doesn't make sense for you to be doing the things that you're best at. So the tropes are here to help get us up to a good roll, three, four, or five, even if we're not doing the things in the best things all the time. And plus they're just fun. 
So we have an entire list. There's like 200 and something of these tropes. So we're, once again, we're going to use some D12 rolls to help us choose these. Uh, there is a place on the production sheet for them. And basically we're going to create, it's one per player. So we're going to have three. Each roll, is, it's two D12s, will give us an option of two. And we pick the one that we think will be the most fun. So Mo, if you don't mind, will you give me two D12 rolls, please? A four and a three. Body bag trick. So that's the classic, we pretend we're dead to get wheeled into a morgue and then mm-hmm. unzip ourselves. Or dish dash, which is where we have a fight or a, a run through a kitchen during business hours. So classic, you know, they're, they're a bunch of chefs running around and we run through the kitchen, probably fighting in between. So dish dash. Uh, dish dash. All right. So if you don't mind, will you add that to our listed tropes on the production sheet? Yep. All right. Kevin, 2D12, please. How about a three and a four? Three and a four. Okay, so uh, that is player's choice from the table or Nitro Express. And that's basically where you're in a vehicle of some sort. There's some way to give it a power boost. It could be magical or it could be Nitro. Well, hey, we're in a taxi, so we got to have that. Perfect. have that thrown in for sure. So Nitro Express. And then I have an 11 and a four. And that is also player's choice from this table or super window jump. Uh, and again, that's basically when you jump from a window in a high rise and don't die because of some reason or another. You either jump to another building, you jump onto like scaffolding or a window washing vehicle or maybe into another building, that kind of thing. So we'll go with super window jump. So those are the three that we can use to get ourselves a bonus of plus one to our die roll. And normally still max of five. If you use your Achilles heel, you get up to seven. And then if we don't use these during the course of the game, we can move them forward into Act 2. If we use one, we will re-roll another one to go into Act 2. Or if we just, you know, we don't think these are going to come up, we can just re-roll all of them and we'll do three new ones in Act 2. But we are ready to jump into the game.